All right. Well, welcome to opening the box of knowledge. Uh, again, Chakya Ish, Richard Peterson here with my co-host. Kachung, where in the world are you? Hey, hello, everyone. This is Kachung here, just crossing the border from Indiana to Michigan. I got about an hour till our final destination of a small town called Albion, Michigan. Right on. So, Kachung's on his world tour with Pomyao, his band, and they're uh, just sharing the uh, indigenous Alaska Yupik love without with the rest of the nation. Uh, I'm pretty excited today for uh, this conversation. We have John Gorley and Eric Hoke from Portugal, the man, joining us. Um, Sam, our sound guy, is pretty ecstatic. Uh, he's been diving into... Portugal, the man, and I think we've created a real fan in him. Um, I, I got to um, say just how great it is to have you guys. So, John, Eric, welcome. How are you guys doing? Hey, what up, Richard? How you doing, man? Good, good. How you doing, John? I am good. feeling pretty good today. Uh, I've been running around with my daughter, uh, cleaning up the studio. Usually, um, uh, uh, this, but yeah, pretty good. I like that background. You got the land back, wallet. That's that's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, Josue Rivas showed up at uh, our last our last little show. We were just playing for. I mean, we were up there playing for Mary, and then we played down here for Tina. And uh, yeah, he dropped it off. I I love that you're. Uh, I love that you guys are out in the uh, the Great Lakes region. At the at the mighty border between Indiana and Michigan, dude, go get a go get a steak and shake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, we'll definitely stop at that. We, I've been seeing them. Yep. Yeah, they're everywhere. I, we've spent so much time in and around there in Indianapolis, Detroit, Chicago, all around there. <laughs> Uh, no, we saw, we've been seeing the steak and shake. We're like, oh, should we do it? Should we do it? So should we do it? It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty okay. It's, all right, we're doing it. Next stop. <laughs> it's pretty rad uh, just hearing this conversation because, uh, you know, you guys are all Alaska <laughs> boys who have gone around the nation just traveling and sharing your music and your love. Um, you know, John, Seeing your background, you got this land back flag up. And you guys, um, one of the things that really drew me to you folks is, of course, just being Alaska guys and, um, you know, going to their Grammys and, and winning a Grammy. Um, you guys just totally called it out, um, you know, for indig Alaskans and indigenous people. What really brought you guys to really having that conscience for our indigenous people here in Alaska. Damn, dude, I guess, I mean, I grew up in the mushing communities. Um, my, my, my dad was a musher, mom and dad both ran the Iditarod together, which I have to say was probably the scariest time as a kid growing up because they disappeared. You, you know, this is pre GPS, pre, uh, the cell phones and everything. So when, when my parents went out on the edge of the rod, they were just, they disappeared. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we just grew up in those communities. We grew up with the Reddingtons, um, 
you know, Joe Reddington and, uh, uh, Herbie and Akpuk, uh, being heroes of ours as kids and just kind of understanding the balance of nature and us people being there, the help that you need with indigenous knowledge. Uh, yeah, we just grew up close, close to it. That, that's what Alaska is, man. Alaska is all about community. And, uh, I, I mean, that's, that's been important to me ever since I was a kid. I mean, we carry a lot of this stuff with us on tour. I mean, the meal is like, whether it's dinner or lunch or breakfast, like we get the band and crew together as, as much as possible just to share that, that moment and be, be a community, be a family. You know, you know, that really is Alaska. You know, of course I, Growing up, uh, you know, Alaska Native here in Southeast Alaska, but, you know, our communities are such a melting pot, right? Like our indigenous community is one thing, but just as Alaskans, I grew up in a very rural community and you got to um, hold each other up. You know, you got to, you know, people go out uh, in the boat and they're going hunting or fishing, you know, you're it sounds dramatic, but, you know, you're kind of putting your life at risk every single time you do something. If you're not relying on each other, you could not come back. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, like John's right about the way that we treat stops on the road. Like, you know, just talking about the steak and shake and thinking about the truck stops in the Midwest. Um, when you're driving around, as you guys all know, in, in Alaska, especially when you're, you know, deep on the Alcan or remote, or if you're doing the Iditarod, those checkpoints, those little towns in between the places, those aren't conveniences. Those are necessities. And like, you got to stop and you got to gear up and check in with everybody. And like those little points along the way, that's just like, that's such an Alaskan mentality. And, uh, I think about that a lot. And we do kind of carry that forward with the, with the meals and the check-in and like everybody. Okay. Everybody got everything that they need. All right. We're going to sit down, have a meal. Nobody's just going to go hide in the hotel. Um, we got to sit down and eat and talk about it. Yeah. Hey, I, I gotta just say to you guys how uh, thankful I am. You know, you guys really give back to our communities here in Alaska on every front. And I'm going to throw a few topics out there that I'd love to hear your insights on. Cause, well, first of all, pretty much every year that we're not in a pandemic and we're in person, I've seen you at Elders and Youth Conference, First Alaskans Elders and Youth Conference. I see you at AFN, you know, um, Last couple of years, you know, they had kind of that whole book banning issue going on up there in Wasilla. You guys took a real stand on that and got involved. You know, what motivates you to, you know, really just be come home and be so engaged? It is home, man. I, I, I think that's I think you you said it all <laughs> right there. Um, you know, when we we hear about. Uh, the school system that, uh, did everything that they could to teach me about the outside world, having some of those tools removed. Um, that doesn't stand for us. That's home. You know, those teachers are already working super hard and, uh, they have, you know, they're, they're just working with what they have. But the idea of removing some of those tools was, uh, that was shocking to us. Um, but we love home, man. 
Yeah, I mean, you're talking about elders and youth. I mean, those are the two most important parts of our culture back home. You know, gotta gotta come and hang with the kids. It's so funny, man. Like AFN not happening for for three years, two years, whatever it was. It felt like such a long time. Coming back home and just getting to walk into every single room you walk into, you'd be like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god!" You're you're running into everybody. Everybody's in this the same place, so you get to hang and. Again, you get to eat together and you get to hear about what's happening in, in all the villages back home, um, just across the board. It's it's really, uh, I mean, that is such a beautiful thing that we get to have in Alaska. I, we actually brought our Australian friend, McClay Harriet, who actually introduced us to, I mean, I'll give you like a little uh, rundown of how we got into doing land acknowledgements as we traveled around. I mean, a lot of it was just not seeing the culture the way we did back home. You know, we got, we did, we did, we got raised on these like John Wayne movies and, and this idea that it, it wasn't there and anymore. And as we would travel around being from Alaska, where it's, we're around people all the time. Um, you'd, you'd hit these pockets. You, you go through New Mexico and you'd see the culture you go, it's here, like, it's still here somewhere, like, you know, you go through Arizona, and you see it's all a part of everything around you. I mean, Texas, uh, obviously, like, um, you'd hit these places where you'd see things, but it wasn't until we went to uh, Australia, and we heard about a thing called Welcome to Country that they have out there, which was introduced to us by McClay Harriet, who you you met while, while we were up there. Just really great great dude um he, he told us about it and it's it, they have this they have a website you can go to and it's essentially it's just i mean it's kind of the way we talk about a lot of this stuff which is just basic manners and respecting our communities and respecting your neighbors um we're coming on to coming through auntie maruchi barumba's land in melbourne australia so she she came out and welcomed us to her country and, and told us, gave us stories, and we got to learn from her and uh, Uncle Alan Madden in Sydney. And it just kind of inspired this whole journey. But but having McClay up in Alaska with us at AFN, at Youth and Elders, Elders and Youth, um, being there with the people, he he was blown away by it. I mean, how cool for us to come back home and see all of our friends and family. For him, it was it was something he had never seen before, and something that he introduced us to that we take everywhere with us. He found something here that he can take back to his friends and family back home in Australia and say, "Hey, they do this this thing back in Alaska that's really beautiful, and everybody comes together." Like that's it's such a great thing to share. Yeah, elders and youth was pretty epic this year. You know, it it felt very special. I I think the pandemic and the isolation. You know, nobody knows how to function in that isolation, and we really do need each other. Um, and it was just really good to come back and and see that. And you know, one of the things that I find really special about you guys, and you know, and and 
you know, the rest of your folks, Zach and everybody is, um, how you use your celebrity to kind of raise, you know, issues that matter to you. Right. And, you know, I think a lot of celebrities can do that. And, you know, I'm calling you celebrity, which I'm sure you're cringing a little bit, but you are, um, (laughs) <laughs> but you guys elevate, you know, these platforms you have, you know, you have your own foundation, right? Can you tell me, can you guys tell me a little bit about Portugal, the man foundation? What's the goal there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can jump in. Dude, am I frozen for anybody else? Oh, wow. I'm frozen for myself. So I'm just like looking at a, a photo of me looking down onto the ground, but I'm going to trust that it's all working out all right i hope it's a cool pose because i can't see you right now <laughs> it's it's the weirdest pose <laughs> i don't know what's going tell on tell me that it's mid dab you're dabbing are uh, you dabbing right now i'm like doing a depressed dab yeah it's like a dab down to the ground <laughs> it, it is dab still it's a, a, it's a dab well I, <laughs> dude it's just it's a dab for my homies it's a it's like a downward dab the downward Dick, dab. Is dab still a thing? No, it's not. That's why it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> We're taking <laughs> Please, it back. Just dab on everything. We're taking it back. <laughs> um, dude. Yeah. So, PTM Foundation. I'll I'll jump into it. Um, yeah. For for us, it started as dude. We would travel around and we would get asked to play these charity events and these foundations and all these different. It was just, we could ask to play events and they would offer us more money than I've ever been offered <laughs> ever. Like we would look at these offers and go, what, why would we get paid that much to play this? That's ridiculous. You know, it, it just seems so silly. I mean, when we finally did one of these shows, I will not name it, but it was, it was really big this really big one and it was something we believe in and and they they were saying to us like look we have a budget we have to spend it you know we we have to use this budget and we're like okay we'll do it and it was kind of like the first first and the last real one that we did where we got paid for it and i know how much we got paid i know i have a general idea how much every all the other bands got paid for this and they have that ticker. I'm sure you guys have all been at charity events where they have the ticker up on the the projection where it's like, we're raising $100,000 or like $90,000 or $10,000. And I was sitting there doing the math going, the rental on this place, the production, the food, the, like just catering, uh, cost of all these bands, like this is losing money. It's, and it's just so, is this a party for you? Are we celebrating you right now? Or are we trying to give back to communities? So PTM Foundation was a way that, I mean, it's, it's still in the works. Like it's, it's, it's kind of like an unknown thing. Like I haven't really seen a lot of the things that work this way in our world. And it's, we're just trying to figure out a way to, Fund everything. All the overhead is paid for through Portugal the Man. So there's no cost to the foundation. All the money that comes in is goes to community, and we know exactly where it's going. I mean, a, a big part of why we started 
this whole this whole thing was like, can we give a little bit? Can we leave a little bit of money in each place we travel through? And can we give it to uh, to the indigenous groups and the First Nations folks from each each place? And that's that's a big part of doing these land acknowledgments is making a, a donation each time we we travel through and knowing that the money is going to good people. Um, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a great thing. I remember when I was at the last Native Heritage Center and um, you all designated a part of, of, of the pay that you were getting from a performance and that monies went towards the cultural work that the last Native Heritage Center was doing. So, I mean, that, that was just amazing work right there. Yeah, I think that that's kind of what it is for us. Like, again, it's it's just it's community, dude. Like we we grew up in Alaska. Like if if you're not if if you don't have the support and if you are not supporting the people around you, I mean, literally our <laughs> our, our home can take us out, man. Like you know, yeah. we were here to help each other, and I think it always felt strange to me. We would go into communities and we would just leave with a check. You know, like our rider would be like picked up from Fred Meyer or Safeway or Kroger or whatever chain. And then we would take all of our money out of there and we'd be like, yo, peace. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. We're gone. Yeah. Thanks a lot. You know, yeah. I mean, you know what it is. Hope we come back. So, yeah, it's it's kind of our way to be able to leave money in community. And, and, and we do this everywhere anyway. Like we really try to support local business when we're in each, each place. And, I mean, dude, getting to learn stories, these stories about every place we go to and it's stories that are thousands of years old. But I mean, whether it's yeah. current events and current what's happening in, in villages on res, um, it's just, it's this really like special experience that we get to share with everybody everywhere we go. I mean, that's what the foundation is about to me. Yeah, it's super cool. And it's like, it's fun to watch you, uh, like doing collabs too with folks, you know, all the places you're coming to, you know, connecting with indigenous folks and, and inviting them up on stage. You know, we've shared the stage with you a couple of times. Um, you know, and then also, you know, collaborating with folks like Yatsine with Nicholas Galanin and, and what you brought, uh, with, uh, Byron Nikolai on stage performing. It was like, you know, it's, it's great to see that, that kind of collaboration and, and, and working with community. And you, dog, like, acting all you, humble, you, like, like yeah, yeah. jam with you. <laughs> Dude, you hit the nail like, on the head with that. That's the most fun. The 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 money raised ticker in the back, like the Jerry Lewis thing with the cavalcade of stars coming up. Like you do get like the uh, the they live glasses come off when you start thinking about the production costs and you start doing just like the most basic math on that stuff. And especially in the entertainment world, in the music world, there's there's so many events, there's so many things that we do that are such pats on the back, like self-congratulatory galas that uh, might raise money, but they cost so much money to put on. And you, you start wondering, like, is this just a massive tax write-off? Uh, like, it's just like the circuit of the things that you do in Hollywood and and around like the galas, like the cost of all that and the overhead of all that stuff is just atrocious. And, uh, 
sometimes John talks about this stuff of like the origin of the, the, the foundation stories. And like, I've never heard you put it that way. And it makes so much sense because, uh, it's only in doing some things like this and especially like some charitable things within the entertainment world where you see how much, uh, how much runaway cost takes from the mouths that they're trying to feed in the first place. So it's really interesting to hear from you. You know, what's really cool, I think, is, you know, I've gotten to know you guys a little bit. Obviously, I met you because of your who you are in the band. But, man, I just love who you guys are. You're so authentic and real and just, you know, humans, not, you know, Portugal, the man. You're John and Eric. And, um, you know, you guys really put your money where your mouth is, though. And I've seen you, you step up for causes. And, you know, Kachung is... Here and you talk about uh, sharing a stage. You guys just rocked it hard for Mary Patola, uh, you know, who is our first Alaska Native woman and you know Congress person. And um, just I, I'm a huge Mary fan. We we um, did a, a podcast with her right after she won the special election. What what drew you guys to Mary and and really just deciding to show up for her like you did? First Alaskan-born state representative, man. The first one born yeah. in Alaska. Uh, I think I think that was it. That she's so Alaskan, and uh, we just we haven't seen we haven't seen a character like this in the Alaskan political stage ever. And um, you know, I grew up. My mom and my dad were both journalists, and they they covered a lot of these circuits and. I've I've met a lot of the characters in Alaskan politics over the years, and uh, you know it's 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 an interesting forum because uh, Alaska is so big, but also you know it's the biggest little state. Uh, everyone kind of you know has info on everybody, and and you get a sense of uh, what people's real intents and what their backgrounds and what their lives are like and where they're coming from. Because, uh, you can't really hide behind this like gaze of celebrity in Alaska. You're just, you're a neighbor. So people know about their neighbors yeah. and they have those conversations. And with Mary, it's, it's true blue right to the core. Like she, she talks the talk and walks the walk and, uh, she doesn't have canned responses to anything. If you ask her a question, She'll pause and she'll think about it and she'll give you what she thinks. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's incredibly refreshing. And it's, it's not, it's not like political posturing. It's just, uh, she, I, we, we really feel like she's just, uh, positioned to do a better job in Alaskan politics than anybody has on that position on that platform in a, in a long time. So we're pumped about her and. The energy is infectious. She's great. Yeah, just in general. At least she cares about people. I mean, that's the that's the thing. Like, I typically, like, we pretty much stay out of politics. Uh, we care about people. I mean, we always try to frame it like, uh, again, this is not political. Like, this is this is people. And Mary's one of those people that she she really cares. Like, she is very genuine. I mean, we kicked it with her every night after after we'd go and hang out and it was it was just it was really refreshing because we have done a lot of these things uh, along the way mary is one of the 
standouts of everybody. We, we, we did Bernie, AOC, like hung with all these folks and, and Mary's like a real, real person, like across the board cares about every single one of you. And that's, that's just a really beautiful thing. Yeah, I'm with you guys on this. Like, it's the same thing. Like, we, we rarely ever do anything as political, any politics in it. But, but we are in support of, of causes, of people. And that's when we actually put in that weight of, of like, what we do as a, as a group. But as a group, like, we, we rarely ever want to just put a stance in, like, in, in politics. So it's great that, like, we both had that support for her. That was awesome. That, that concert was one of my... Uh, favorites and definitely going to be a highlight from uh, from 2022 for sure. Dude, that was, that was a blast. That was such a sick <laughs> show. It was so fun just showing up and watching a show, and I cannot believe y'all let us go up and jam with you. Like that was, <laughs> uh, it was so that was fun. so cool. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do that again. Absolutely, and that's and that's what I was talking about. Like this, some of this, this, this you guys coming up on stage and just inviting folks. It's always it's always just great to see. Uh, you know, it's like at this point, you know, in our in our career in music and and in, especially as Indigenous artists, you know, we we we've often we're finding ourselves in that kind of that uncle, you know, um, you know that uncle space where we're trying to like create that space for kind of the upcoming folks and and just uplift them as much as we can, you know, and and get that platform of of their voice into a space that might not be. Um, might not be one that can easily just jump into, as a, especially as an emerging artist. So definitely appreciate that that you guys do that. Yeah, I'm really glad uh, Kachung commented on that. I thought that was really rad that you guys had that space. You guys were the draw, but you were really sharing that space with, the, you know, all these young artists. And, you know, Kachung was being real modest. He didn't mention that his son, Ayuk, uh, was highlighted with the drummer for Portugal the Man. I saw some pretty cool pictures, and he's right there, just uh, following along. Pretty cool. Um, oh man, yeah, I just he was drumming along, just drumming along. It was awesome. It was like I didn't even know he was going to do that. I just kind of looked back, and there was my son. Oh, he just came on out. Stage with us. It was like, yeah, because yeah, I looked back. And <laughs> yeah, was like, he just came wow, out. This is so sick. <laughs> yeah, he just came out and just started oh, drumming. Oh, cool. <laughs> Six years yeah, there's old. there's some you know, cool like shots the, on social media of it. And I, I don't know, Ayuk's, what, six or seven? Yeah, he's six years old. So you guys are uh, modeling pretty young for these guys. That's awesome. You know, I, it's great to hear about your advocacy and, and all the things, but, you know, you guys are, you know, mus musicians. I think obviously you grew up being musicians. Uh, listening to your songs is, is pretty inspiring and, and cool. Um, you guys won a Grammy, for God's sakes. How cool is that? How surreal is that? <laughs> I still can't wrap my head around that. Dude, yeah. You know. You know, the, the Grammy thing was, was wild. I, I know John's heard me tell this story a couple of times. Obviously, like, you don't, you don't know, um, how the day's going to go. We just rolled up and, um, 
started going down the gauntlet of interviews, you know, like we rolled up, got out of the van, um, and, you know, started trying to talk to anybody that was willing to let us talk on camera or on microphone. And a couple of times, um, twice during that process, I had, a I had a woman run up to me with a clipboard and be like, Okay, so you guys are going to be sitting uh, in this table and we're going to need you to make your way towards the stage at, you know, five minutes past the hour um, because your category is going to get called. And I was like, you you need us to be there because we're going to win. I mean, like, oh, no, 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 no. Good luck. Just make sure that you're there on time. And then right before our category got called that woman showed up again and, and ha- tried to hand me a microphone just like hey just in case you want to say anything when you guys go up there like are you telling us oh. that we're gonna win she's like no 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 good luck <laughs> so i was like they kept like taking the thing and then taking it back from us and taking the thing like giving us the thing and taking it back at that point i gotta say if they had said any name besides portugal the man i was gonna go out on that stage anyway because like she already oh, kind of yeah. gassed me up to that point i'm like yeah, we did yeah, it, already, like, we, emotionally, we like, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was such a surreal crazy hurry up and wait and have all the feelings in the world and then be cool uh that was just every which way man that was a wild day it I literally only watched the Grammys that year because you guys were nominated. I thought, oh, it'd be cool. You're going to see like them in the crowd and you know how they do that. They pan out to the attendees. When you guys won, I was freaking out. And then when you guys made your speech, I was even more freaking out. (laughs) It it was just so amazing (laughs) to see. I mean, damn, Alaskan guys made good. Yeah, that would, I, I still can't believe it. Anyway, because building, like leading up to everything, like we we got removed from the alternative categories. We got removed from the rock categories. Like all all the, the whole area that we should have been nominated in, we were we weren't in it. Like we were in pop. Like they threw us into the pop categories, and we we're like, oh well, it's no chance. Like Justin Bieber and Despacito, there is no way <laughs> we're gonna take that Grammy. But yeah, as they started leading us to the through the back rooms and like all this stuff, we we're like, yeah, we won that Grammy. What are you talking about? <laughs> Move aside, Bieber. <laughs> so. I can't even imagine the flood after you win a Grammy from all the reporters and all these people who want to just get to you. That had to be so overwhelming. Uh, The reporters were, uh, they weren't really around. You go through a whole gauntlet and a maze and we were lucky enough to have some of our friends back there. Um, you know, we, uh, really, I just knew that my mom, was somewhere way up in the nosebleed seats. And the whole time from like, you know, getting the announcement and getting on stage to getting off and like going back into Madison Square, I just wanted to figure out how I could find my mom in, you know, this sea of like 20,000 people. And shout out to Jason Davis for running up to section like 230 and finding my mom based off like a physical description of my mom that I gave him. He ran up into the seats, found her, and brought her down so I could get a hug from her. That's all I cared about in that whole thing. 
But, you know, we went straight back into the gauntlet and saw Danny Clinch, who we're super good friends with, and we go way back. So uh, as surreal as it all was, it was like we kind of got to, like, you know, get to see some friends along the way. And and uh, it was just a really special thing. Like, we were all together in this kind of unit, like... Nobody could really believe what happened, but we were in it together. So it was awesome. Yeah, that's see, that's the Alaskan in us, like just traveling forever. I mean, Kachuk, you you know this. Like Alaskans are like always friends with the production people. (laughs) Like we're always like, oh, how does that work? Like, oh, cool, wow, it takes a lot of people to get this thing going. So yeah, as we were going through the back halls and everything, we're like, oh, what's up, dude? Like saw you working at that venue that one time like yeah just kind of saying what's up there yeah i gotta agree with i gotta agree with you guys on that one for sure (laughs) absolutely i was just uh i was just saying that was it sounds like an amazing experience just being there i gotta ask how was the after parties yeah we went to (laughs) we went to one after party and we were there for Maybe 15 minutes, and we were like, you, you want to go get a burger or something? <laughs> we, just, we were out. We were like, I didn't do any of this. Yeah, I think I think me and Kyle and our moms went to Johnny Rockets in Times Square, I think. Like we, we kept it real. Now, that's an Alaskan nice, answer. Nice, nice. There you go. Definitely Alaskan answer to... Like, uh, that party's cool, but let's let's go find our moms and get something to eat. I got to tell you guys this story, uh, speaking of moms. So, elders and youth uh, in AFN was uh, up in Fairbanks. This was, gosh, what, four or five years ago. And you guys were up there. Anyways, we had our uh, Southeast reception, and you you guys came with – uh, Liz Medicine Crow, and we're sitting there, and my mom and Liz's mom, Della, were sitting there, and Liz comes over, and she's like, calls both of them moms, right? And she's like, Mom, Ma, come over here and get a picture with the guys. And they're like, they had no idea who you guys were. <laughs> Anyways, they go back and sit down because they were like, meet, they met you. You guys were really gracious. They go back and sit down, and I was like, Mom, they want to get another picture. She's like, who are these guys and why do they want to get our picture? I said, they're Portugal, the man. She's like, who's he? Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to pay, uh, play feel it still for her. And then she's like, she knew who you guys were then she recognized the song, but she had no idea. It was so hilarious. I tease her about it all the time. Like, you know, that guy, Portugal, the man. Yeah. Which one's Portugal? Hey, Portugal. Dude, I mean, <laughs> we that feel it still was the most. It was the most shazammed song of 2017 because it was a lot of like, hey, I think I know that song, but Portugal the who? Portugal the what? And I, I mean, that's a that's such a cool spot to be in. That's like a that's a dream of having a song that you know a lot of people can hum or recognize or they've seen it in a thing. Um. But not, you know, not having to, like, lead off with, like, do you know who I am? Like, do you know what this song is? Do you know how this song goes? <laughs> it kind of shifts it around a little bit. 
But I gotta say, I gotta say the Southeast, the Southeast banquet, the Clinket Ida party was the most happening party at AFN in 2019. That was a, that was the most fun room. You guys go hard. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry that you guys weren't, uh, there when we had our, um, you guys had a, you were performing for Mary the same night as ours this year. And holy smokes, we had the Nungan dancers perform <laughs> and we, we were at the, um, Egan Center. And like, I was like, next year we got to do way bigger because we were packed. It was incredible. Um, yeah, holy cow, the Nungan dancers are really something. Uh, it was really cool. You know, feel it still. You guys had like, it was in commercials and everything, right? So. Like, how crazy is that to have your music just be so broad, even, you know, into those other, you know, commercials and everything? Yeah, well, you know, I think growing up in Alaska, for for us, like, I grew up in Connecticut, like, it's not like we had record stores or anything. I discovered so much music through, if it wasn't 97.3, Oldies Radio, uh, it was... Any new music was coming through TV commercials or movies. So that, that's how I discovered yeah. so, so much music. And my take on all of this stuff, like, cause we did jokingly make these, like, I, I like them. I like Portugal the Man before they sold out was like a shirt we had. Cause we, I mean, you could just tell that song was like taking off in all these places. Seeing that makes me feel like a little kid. Like discovering a song for the first time. I mean, it, 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 it could be anything in those commercials. Like they're, they're all trying to like sell you something. It's such a cool thing to like introduce people to a song through that, that format. Like it's, I mean, dude, I thought it was dude, so I cool see. being in the theater with Francis. Like we, I was, I went to a, a movie with my daughter and we were sitting there and the trailer for Peter Rabbit came on. And it feel it still was the song. And Frances just lit yeah. up and she was like, That's my dad. That's my mom and dad. And like yelled it. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> dude, calm down. Like we are woman right now. Like do not do this. <laughs> yeah, she was so oh. stoked. It's cool. That is so cool though. Yeah, I I love it. I I and yeah, we we discovered so much through TV and film and radio. The first time I heard the melody of My Sharona by The Knack, it was because Nye Frontier Ford and Toyota turned it into a commercial in like 1986 of Nye Toyota. And uh Oh my god. You know, that's like especially in Alaska when you got three like three or four channels that are coming in in the 80s. Uh, you see those, yeah, you see those commercials yeah. on a loop and like, you know, the thousands of times I've heard the Gorilla Fireworks song, you know, like, God, if feel it yeah. still could have sold Gorilla Fireworks back in the day, I would have been more pumped than anything. But, well, well and I think Nye back then, that was Nye Frontier Ford, where actually they had cleared out that entire like showroom huh? and we had my junior. Yeah. My junior year, 
uh, prom was yeah. there at Night Frontier Park. Yeah, my sister, my sister's uh, prom from Wasilla High, and in I think '96, it was the same deal. It was a beautiful building for a Ford dealership. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, and it was like, and it would turn into a prom dance. It was like, come on, really? <laughs> I mean, were there were there fours? Was there like an F one fifty and a Taurus that you kind of had to dance around? I mean, they, 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 I mean yeah, yeah, they, they cleared out all the cars, okay. but but it was just like kind of it was funny that it was like, yeah, our our prom was held at the dealership. Yeah, well, that's country. Dude, it'd be kind of that's some country shit, right there. It'd be kind of sick if they left <laughs> if they just left a car or two on the dance floor and like oh, you yeah. know you could like <laughs> instead of seven minutes in heaven in the closet, you could go like hang out in the Taurus uh, or the Thunderbird and you know go, oh, go yeah. sit in the back seat. Dude, yeah, Alaskans, like, Alaskans yeah. are funny as hell. I, I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny that you mentioned that too because you know. I grew up in Kassan and all we had was Ratnet, you know, which was one channel. And to this day, I can still think of Cal Worthington. For, yeah. You know, you remember those old. It's Cal Worthington and his dog Spot. Totally. Go see yeah, Cal. Man. Go see Cal. Go see yeah. Cal. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. No, we used to think we were just actually we were just talking about this on the tour here. We we always thought it said Pussy Cal, yep. Pussy Cal, Pussy Cal. Yeah. It's all of us. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone's a pussy cow, pussy cow, pussy cow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, I have to ask. You know, Bumua, our name of our band. It's you know, it's based off of our traditional dancing. Um, you know, literally, Bumua means its tail, like a tail end of like a dog or a whale. But in dancing, it means like asking for the end of the dance to be repeated. So yell, Bumua, Bumua, or do it again. Where did Portugal the man? Where did your name come from? Dang, dude, you have such a cooler name than us. Uh, yeah, man. Dude, <laughs> I, honestly, like, I, so I was looking at we're we're making this band, and I wanted to give it a name that represented a group of people that was just like because I always knew it would be a band. It, it started as a solo project. I was like, I'm gonna give it a name that represents a group of people that is like an individual in the world. And I think I was just looking at like in, I, I never thought I'd travel. I never thought, dude, I never thought I'd go to New York. I never thought I'd go to LA. I never thought I would go across the world. I never thought I'd do any of this stuff. In Portugal, it was just like this place that was just on the other side of the planet to me. It was just like it's spin the globe. It's over here. Uh, it just felt so far away. It felt like something I would never see. And it's so funny now because we've done like tourism campaigns for Portugal. We went over there and met with like, <laughs> what is it over there? Like, what are their leaders? It's not presidents, right? Eric? No, it was the secretary. It was the secretary of state of Portugal. Yeah, so we we meet with like all the the people that are doing all this tourism stuff, and put together this whole Portugal the summer. What were the other ones? There were there were a bunch of them. But, Portugal the summer was the song contest. Yeah. Yes, that was the song contest. But there were a bunch of different like Portugal the different things, and. Uh-huh. Uh, Man, what a beautiful place. They were all trying to get us to move over there. <laughs> I was like, dang, dude, like, I could see which, it. 
I'm but, still I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I got to ask you, did any of them assume you get somebody on your band was Portuguese? Uh, you oh, know, yeah. well, the the first the first press we ever did. I mean, dude, this is a band of we're, we're Alaskan kids. Like I grew up in Connecticut and it never thought we'd do any of this stuff. The first bit of press that Portugal Portugal ever did, PTM ever did, was a five-page spread in GQ magazine for Portugal, <laughs> which is like, you know, handsome, influential people in GQ magazine, and then a like a five-page spread on Portugal, the man. It, so we kind of had this like thing out there uh, immediately, and. We were always kind of wondering if they would, they were cool with it or, you know, are we just like trashing their name out here? But it. Okay. Yeah. So what you're saying is if I want to go somewhere, we're just going to (laughs) become. Like Kalamazoo. Oh, dude, exactly. I want to go to Kalamazoo. Exactly. You know, you pick a smaller, Luxembourg, like you pick one of these, like, (laughs) Luxembourg, like you pick one of these, like, smaller places, and you'll be like, yo, like, it's us. (laughs) There's our model right there. Samuel loves El Salvador. (laughs) Yeah, El Salvador the man. Totally. (laughs) We're always like, the thing about it is, like, as Bumiwa, you know, we're we're the Inuit band, right? We're we're the, the native band up north. They were known as these like the Eskimos, and like I just want to do some gigs down south in some warm areas instead of all these big northern northern <laughs> gigs. I'm like, give me some palm trees, dude. As oh. as you're trucking across the border of Indiana to Michigan right now, like, oh yeah, yeah you made it to exactly, the tropics, right? made it to the tropics, we, baby. <gasps> Uh, we're almost there. Almost. <laughs> Dude, amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I remember the the journalist the first time that I went over with the guys to Portugal in, in 2016, basically just smile and say, obrigado, muito obrigado. No. And just, muito obrigado. Obrigado. Like, obrigado. You speak any Portuguese? <laughs> nope. Learn these two words. <laughs> Be grateful. And we are. I, I love it over there. That's pretty well, what's epic. what's going on next with Portugal the Man? What's uh, what's on the horizon? Got a couple shows <clears throat> couple shows on the year and certainly a certainly a record to put out. Yeah, the record is is done. Man, I actually went through uh it, it's been five years. I mean it'll probably be six years since our last album. That that album cycle, the promo that we did for for Fila so was it was brutal. Like it, I mean, to begin with, my dad is the hardest working person I've ever known in my life. He just loves working. It's just he he loves building. He loves learning. He loves doing all this stuff. My mom as well. My mom's. Dive rescue. Uh, she's an EMT, firefighter. Works at a veterinary clinic. She works at um, works in a hospital in in, um, in Wasilla. Really hardworking family. Even before Feel It Still, my dad and mom had both come on tour with us, and they said, "This is the hardest job I've 
I've ever seen. Like it's, it's, it's such long hours. And when that song started popping off, we were doing, I mean, it, it was, so, it was so much cause it crossed over to pop. So we were doing alternative radio and pop and like morning show stuff in places. So we would do, I mean, it, it was all day long. Our days would end at two and three in the morning and it would be at the airport getting on the plane to the next show straight to the next press. We did like 60 days straight of that. It was like 57 days straight of just, I mean, almost zero sleep and it ended in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And just stepping away from that for a minute, um, I I started writing this, this album that it, it, it really was like just all these experiences, all like we're, we're in with like some like really, really great songwriters. I mean, that that's one thing that that song brought us was like ex- experiences that we, we could never get before an opportunity that we never had before, which is like, you could go to Berkeley and learn about music. You could go to Berkeley, learn about songwriting. You can go to all these places and learn all these, you know, different skills or whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> how to write lyrics. We got the chance to go in and write with the top, people in the world, top songwriters in the world. And we got a chance to learn from some of the best, I mean, some of the best musicians I've ever seen in my life. And along the way, I had this, I won't go too deep on it, but um, I had this crazy thing happen in, in 2019, actually like at AFM, uh, I, I broke my jaw. And it was just this, it, it, it triggered this whole chain of like, okay, this record I'm working on, I can't, can't really work on it for a year. It took like a year to rehab my jaw and get it working properly again. And I, I went back in and I, as soon as my jaw started working again, I just started writing about everything that had happened in between all the stuff, like all the anxieties and and then community and just ended up writing a whole new album. And I'm, I'm so happy I did because it's so honest and true to our experience growing up as, as Alaskans, like growing up in the state and the people that we were around, the family that we've created. It's, uh, it's a really, beautiful record and a tribute to to friends and 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 family and yeah all all that opportunity all that oh, stuff like it's just it's about all of all of y'all so that sounds beautiful i can't wait to hear this this the album sounds, i mean what a great influence but wow we wait for your jaw was broke you didn't want to do like a kanye thing and like create a song through the wild Oh, the whole record is through the wire, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. So they, they, they actually talked about like some pretty like scary surgery options that uh, I just, as soon as it started working again, I went in and I saw this, this doctor. I was just trying to get it. Like I wanted to work as as quick as possible, whatever you have to do. And the surgery, because I have some like, I have some implants. Like there are there are like some options that they have which are spread your palate so they they do this thing where they split your palate <laughs> it sounds brutal but 
it's what they do. They they split your palate and then t- t- fix the joints, like whatever they do in there. There's another one where they cut off the mandibles. So like the two, oh, like that hinge, they they just cut it off and replace it with titanium. And the problem with doing that is is there's so many nerves that run in your jaw that they don't know. They don't really know what they're cutting. So you just take off your jaw, oh, cut damn. it up, and uh, hope that you didn't lose your vocal cords. To hope, hopefully, you can move your that face and your mouth. Crazy. Yeah. So I had rehabbed it enough to where my my jaw was working again, and it doesn't work the same as, as it did for for sure. But I can still sing. Like I can I can still do a lot of things. I just do it in a different hey, way. Wait. I was going to say, did it make your voice better? Did it make your voice better? I am <laughs> such a better singer now. It is crazy. I, <laughs> yeah. I, good. I hit those falsettos. Those falsettos. <laughs> Yo, I got a Grammy for performance, man. I can do it better now. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> so so we it. should expect the next Grammy win. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> let, I got to let this dog so out. Is, real that, quick. is that what led to what me worry? What's that? I said, is that what led to What Me Worry? Yeah, it did, actually. Like, that that was one of the first songs that I I put together, like, immediately out of rehab on my jaw. Like, it's it's working again. I went in and, yeah, we had just worked with Weird Al, too, you know? Let let me, let me. Let this dog out, Rook. I'll be right back. I'll let Eric talk a little bit. About yeah. yeah, I'll start. Let me let me talk a little a, a little bit about humor and parody and Doctor Demento and Weird Al. Uh, yeah, Weird Al. Oh my gosh, there's, I just saw there's gonna be. Dude, did you see? You saw the new out. movie? Uh, we we just. Yeah, I saw I saw the previews for it. Oh my god, I watched it with the I, I watched it with the wife the day before yesterday. It's it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Uh, it's, it's, it's exactly what you would assume that a Weird Al autobiographical film would be. It's, it's the whole, the whole thing is like, it kind of reads a little bit like walk hard, the Dewey Cox story, but in real life, (laughs) it's, I I won't spoil it for you. It's incredible. Uh, no, I can't, I can't wait to see it. But yeah, the what me worry thing, like we, we all grew up with Mad Magazine. My grandma, who was, you know, she, she moved to Alaska in, oh gosh, in 47. She drove up, drove up the Alcan, like first family that drove up the Alcan. And I think from the, from either the first or second year that Mad Magazine was in print and shipping up to Alaska, she was a subscriber. So my grandma had 30 years of mad magazines in her house. And that's like, that's how I learned about politics and stuff that I had no business learning about. Like, you know, I was an eighties baby, but I'm reading like mads from the sixties and seventies. And I'm like, yeah, take that LBJ, get out of here. President Gerald Ford, (laughs) you know, like OPEC oil crisis. Yuck. And, uh, it was just, it was such an insight to, to making this giant world outside of Alaska feel like a little bit more digestible. And, uh, humor has a way of doing that. Humor and humor and parody is always the way to like make overwhelming concepts feel like you can kind of make them tangible and, and, uh, 
it, it just growing up and feeling like overwhelmed by the size of the world outside of Alaska. Mad magazine was a great, a great way to concentrate it and just make it feel like it was in your backyard. I'm talking about Mad so, Magazine, John. So, Eric, you just kind of spilt the tea and and shared something because before we uh, got on today to record this, our sound man, Sam, was like, so is this what me worry, like have something to do with Mad Magazine? And he literally yeah. said that. It has everything to do so, with it, man. That was, I mean, that's the, the ultimate catchphrase. That's the original catchphrase is, uh, you know, what me worry is, is such a, such a way to take this like overwhelmingly serious, overarching, you know, sometimes oppressive feeling world in the human condition and be like, eh, you know, I think it's probably going to be okay. I think it's all going to be fine. And Mad Magazine took on everything. There was nothing that Mad wouldn't comment on. There was no, no, no sacred cows, no, you know, no, nothing so precious or important that it couldn't be satired and parodied. And that was the beauty of Mad. And at some point, it, it feels like we may have gotten away from the ability to do that, to laugh at the seriousness of things, to laugh at a, you know, at a, at a pandemic, at a changing political tide, at, at, at things that are scary and uncomfortable to talk about, you know, and, uh, it was, it was a little bit, I think with the intent of, of going back to that spirit, you know, it was, it was reactive, um, because coming out of the pandemic and, you know, coming into this, uh, this point professionally and all of our careers. And I know in John with his, with his lens in songwriting, it was a way to set aside the anxiety uh, that we had all collectively felt for a long time and, and to start kind of laughing about it again and to, to, you know, looking at it objectively. I, I love that. You know, one of our traditional values are is humor. And I, I think, you know, politically correctness is important, but I think you can go too far with it. And, and the ability to laugh at ourselves and make fun of, you know, all the craziness is a way that we can cope with it, too, and, and deal with it. So I just love that. And, you know, when I listen to you guys talk, you know, just growing up in Alaska and rural Alaska, some of these things like Mad Magazine to me was any major movie came out or anything going on in the news <laughs> was made fun of in Mad Magazine and what was it? Al, I'm going to get it wrong. Is it Alfred T. Newman? Alfred, Alfred e. e. Newman? E. e. Yeah. Newman. <laughs> e. Yeah. And I used to be love like folding the back page, you know, so you could see the hidden deal. And, you know, I think a yeah. lot of people would know what the hell I'm talking about. The fold-ins were great. I would always get them like one letter off and not get it. It's like, what does everybody worship? And you'd be like, the all ID aller? Like, oh, the almighty <laughs> dollar. Okay, there it is. You have to kind of yeah. finagle it. But you, you guys talk about Weird Al. So Weird Al was my hero as a kid. I loved Weird Al. What what was that like, getting to know Weird Al and work with him? So uh, I've known Al for about 10 years. Whoa, 12 years. I've known Al a long time. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, dude, Al was my introduction to everything growing up. I mean, dude, like, I th- when I think of Al, I think things like uh, Yoda is definitely better than Lola. Uh, the Kinks <laughs> no longer yeah. exist. Al has Al has beaten that. It, Al is just well, he hadn't. Just an incredible way of imitating anybody. Like, I, I think people dismiss him because of his satire and humor, but what a real musician he was, because he could imitate anybody. I mean, like a surgeon, beat it. I mean, come on. I mean, when he did, well, um, yeah. Oh gosh. What, the one where he did a Coolio's song, you know. Yeah, Amish his, Paradise. As I walk Amish through the valley Paradise. where I harvest my Amish, grain, Amish. I take a look at my wife and realize <laughs> yeah, yeah. she's very plain. <laughs> yeah, Damn, man. Oh, got it. That's, so this is the one we were just talking about. We had dinner just two nights ago and Weird Al was like our com was the topic of one of our conversation. And it was that song that Coolio, um, you know, Amish Paradise, because Coolio was kind of like mad, you know, he was like kind of pissed off. But then when he realized like how good the song actually was, he just stopped flexing on it. Right. But it was like, you know, it actually was a damn good song. I got to ask you, John. So can you spill the tea on that? Because, you know, the whole belief is, is the, um, that Coolio was pissed about it, but I seen an interview with Weird Al where he's like, "Hey man, I asked him if I could do it, and he said yes." Yeah. yeah so, so Al, I mean, I mean, Kachang, you like you know how the industry works. It Al's people reached out and thought they got the the okay. It was like that's the story that I know is they reached out. Sometimes you get that back, and you're like, "Oh, it's cool." Like he he's cool with it. And he wasn't cool with it because it was a serious, serious song then. I, I think he's he came to terms with it like later. I mean, he he obviously like, really appreciates yeah, it. Yeah, it was later. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Well, I think he I think he got to like really listening to it and was like, oh, okay, this actually is pretty dope. Yeah, and, yeah. And the thing about it is like, okay, I mean, get it, I get it. Almost paradise, gangster paradise, but like that whole lick. That wasn't even Coolio's lick. That's oh, Stevie yeah. Wonder. You know, it's like, Steve, that's Stevie Wonder. That is Stevie Wonder. That song's in the key of life. I, you know. Yeah, Stevie Wonder. I don't want to, I don't want to give away anything in the movie, but I love, I love, uh, the take of everything in the film, the way that the events go down in the film. It's like, he's reinvented the whole narrative and that's, that's how it was. That's how it really was. Uh, it's so much. Madonna had so oh, much more to do with it than I knew. <laughs> Dude, it's oh, that's funny. I can't wait to see it. Can't wait. It, to it see is it. extraordinary. It's it's the best. It's the best film about anything I've ever seen ever anywhere. Period. Movie of the century. Movie of the century. Eric Hope says, yeah, "Man, Al is just incredible." He, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, I, 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 I think he is the, the greatest lyricist of, of all time. I mean, dude, I, like I said, we were just talking about earlier, Felix still got us into the room with the greatest songwriters of the, right currently. I mean, we were, we were in the studios with like, yeah, learning from the, the best in the world that doing that song with Al, 
Al is the greatest lyricist I've ever seen. I would put Al, Al Yankovic up against anybody else. You stick him in a room and he, like, he did it with us for, for a song too, where he showed me how he writes lyrics and he had 10 lines per, per verse, you know, like he'd have like 10 different versions of everything. Like he, he goes through it and he's so smart. I mean, that dude is just brilliant. I mean, people should be calling up Al, like get him in the studio to write lyrics. It's, it's it really incredible. So when, when does your new album come out? Uh, we're not sure right now. So, so part of this process, the, I can tell you what the album's called. The album's called Chris Black Changed My Life. And it's a, it's about this friend of ours that passed away pretty suddenly, uh, a couple of years ago. And he toured with us. He was our MC. I think, you know, a band like us having an MC is just, it seems like a ridiculous thing until you see him on stage and, you hang out with them and you see the friendship and you see what are created. You know, it was just this really, it, it's such a great friendship and just somebody who helped me through a lot of uh, tough times, helped me deal with like accountability on a lot of things as well. Like he, you know, you those friends that will check you sometimes. Not everybody does that. Not everybody checks you. And Chris, Chris would do that. And he kind of came into my life at a time when I needed it. And putting together all this artwork, like it's, there's a lot of collage art throughout the album and just pulling that all together has taken a long time, like clearing everything, getting everything mixed and mastered properly. And I mean, we, we really put some time into it. And I think just being separated from that, the jaw injury and, I, I, it's going to be, be coming out next year. Just kind of looking at like the proper way to do it and make sure we have clearance on every single picture, which it, it, dude, I, I think that's silly. I mean, they like, there's just been so many lawsuits in, in, in music that you have to get signatures on every yeah. single person that is in the, the, the collage and it, just takes a long time, but I want to make sure it's right. And I want to make sure that everybody is like properly acknowledged and properly thanked. And I think, I think that's a really important piece. It's like what, it's like what Chris would do. He's like telling you, you better check yourself. Exactly. <laughs> dude. Like that is exactly it. Like, like, yeah, they're in it. Like you gotta, you gotta talk to them. You gotta make sure they, they're all signed off on it. <laughs> Chris was Chris was my favorite internet presence in the world. You know, you'd be sitting there, someone would say something to you on Twitter, and you'd write like a eight paragraph long, well thought out retort to everything that they said, destroying them in the argument. And Chris would be like, "Just say, shut up, stupid." That's all you need to do. Just shut up, stupid. It was like he just had he was. He was is the most interesting and uh, most complete thinker that I've ever known. And it's just like he was always he had al- he had always thought it through already for you, and had a way of handing it to you. And also the greatest troll. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> so good. Both sides. <laughs> shut shut up, stupid. <laughs> I gotta tell I gotta tell myself shut up, stupid, every day. And, and I think of him every Whoa. time I do it. So he's oh, he's had a little voice on your shoulder. He's both. He's on the either side. He's left and right. He's on both sides. Huh? Oh, yeah. I love it. Sound like a great guy. So the angel tells you, shut up, stupid, and the devil says, shut up, stupid. Yeah, yeah. The halo and the horns both saying the same thing, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, guys, I can't thank you enough for this uh, conversation. I hope we can do this again. I, I know you guys have given up some time here for this. Appreciate it. Hey, John, I got a quick question for you. Not too, A couple years back, uh, a mutual friend of ours, Dennis Davis, had me do some shopping for you, and I shipped you a bottle, and I don't know if you ever got yeah, it. Yeah, I did. I did. It just showed up at the house one day. That's so funny. Do you want me to go grab it? I wonder if I can find it. Yeah. Go go dig it out. Yeah, uh, I'll send I, you a picture. I don't even remember now. Was it the, So we have a local distillery. Yeah. And they do whiskey and gin, and I can't remember if it was the whiskey or the yes, gin. Yes, the whiskey. That's so funny. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so shout out to Amalga Distillery, world famous, uh, you know, Portugal the man, front man, John Gorley's consumer. You know. <laughs> Free shout yeah. out to them. Yeah. There you yeah. go. We love Amalga. Yeah, shout out to Dennis, too, man. Yeah, man. Uh, Dennis is the greatest. He He's a true blue man. I, I love that guy. I thought I, I was going to see him he at I didn't, I didn't see him. So I was just going through the end gate at SeaTac and I get a message from him and he's like, Hey bro, are you in Seattle? I was like, well, I'm I'm (laughs) walking between gates. He's like, my wife thought she just saw you. I'm going to come find you. I was like, bro, bro, I'm boarding now. (laughs) So we kind of had a mythical crossing at the end gates of SeaTac. Come meet me at that one restaurant in the end gates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so Dennis. Um, I love it. We we love him, yeah, man. He's he's our brother. He officiated my wedding. You know, he's 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 our guy. You know, he was, he was the yeah, the he, very first person I talked to. I went out to Shush uh, in uh, 2011, um, like December 2011. I went out there, and we were initially talking. I, I'd gone out there to see see what was happening out in Shushmarap. And uh, kind of just hear what they have going on out there. Uh, and uh, we, we were initially talking about what Welcome to Country introduced us to. It's like, how do we connect with people around the country? Like, how do we start, like, kind of bringing this stuff to the forefront and talk about real Alaskan issues, like, outside of the TV shows? Um, yeah, that was, yeah, that was all Dennis. Connecting up with Dennis. Amy Spark. The Spark Sisters, like that whole that whole crew, man. We have a really, really solid Alaskan crew. Yeah, yeah you got some good ones. I, I love that you connect with Amy and Donnie. You know, those are those are hometown homies of mine. You know, I grew up with both of them, and so yeah, I just love that they're part of your circle. Yeah, Don, man. Yeah, what what a cool like. Th- see, that's why Elders of Youth is so fun because you get to go back home. And you're like. Everybody's in one spot, and it's just the 
The coolest, <laughs> yeah, you eat three dinners, four lunches, just yeah. <laughs> eating all day long with different yeah. folks. So, so, so we're driving here, it's, it's where we're driving in between snow and clear and snow and clear here in, uh, in uh, where are we at? Oh, Michigan. But uh, we wanted to, Philip was saying, uh, the Ex- Eskimo Fixer is, you know, you, you're, you're hanging out with them, you know, it's, 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 uh, Jelly and, and Dottie and just connecting, being able to connect with community and in our communities. It's awesome. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Dennis is, is, uh, an incredible photographer too, man. I love, uh, some of the stuff he posts online. Great guy. But anyhow, again, we'll just, uh, finish this up and just thank you so much gratitude to you guys for joining us today. So much gratitude for what you do every day, too. You know, um, again, putting that spotlight on Alaska, Alaska Natives uh, is so appreciated. And, you know, lifting uh, everybody up is such a cool thing to do. And you guys do it so well. So, John, Eric, uh, thanks for joining Kachung and Sam and I today. And we look forward to the future. Yeah, Yeah, love you guys. Drive safe, Kachung. It's uh, they start they start going faster and faster the deeper you get into Michigan. You got to drive safe, man. Uh, I know we're cruising. We're cruising right now. Let me tell you, those are is, yeah. So we're we'll, we'll, we'll take it easy. It's it start. It's been snowing off and on the last uh, two days. Dude, the, there's no faster drivers than like the I-94 corridor of yeah. of Michigan, like coming <laughs> into Detroit. That is, and, that, and that's where we're going. We're going east on 94 right now. It's just a continuation of the Indianapolis Speedway, man. You just like <laughs> r- st- just hang right and remember that Rubin is racing and uh, <laughs> stay stay yeah, straight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it was good to connect with you, and hope we share this. Hope we share the stage with you again someday soon. Yeah, man, that was such that's such a fun time. Down such a blast. south, right? Can't wait. Yeah. Down south, we're doing the yeah down down south. Yeah, somewhere I got warm, you. somewhere warm. <laughs> I got you. Somewhere somewhere down south, like Belize, <laughs> Belmapan. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. There All right, go. thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, in two miles, take exit 121. I heard that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bye.